Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the best Labrador trainer that I know. It's Joe White. <laughs> Shay, I just excited you mentioned my dog, Coda. He's my little chocolate lab. The ninth of a long line of Labradors. Honestly, Joe, I don't just say that. This is not hyperbole. You literally are the best Labrador trainer that I know. <laughs> I've had some great dogs, buddy. Yes, sir, you have. Well, friends, we continue in just a phenomenal series. We love talking leadership around here, and specifically, we're talking about next-generation leaders. It is our passion to invest in next-generation leaders, and so this conversation, it comes very naturally. Uh, we take our inspiration for this series from 1 Timothy 4.12, and Paul writes, uh, his young son in the faith, Timothy says this, let no one look down on your youthfulness, but rather in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity, show yourself an example of those who believe. Today, specifically, we're going to talk about the topic of humility in leadership. And Joe, we've got two amazing, skilled, humble leaders in our presence, and I'd love for you to introduce them. Yeah, Shay, interesting. Uh, you picked a couple of rock stars around here and to thousands of other people that know them, but you've also picked a couple of people that clothe themselves in humility. Uh, Emma Hale is just a absolute delight. I've known her mommy for many decades, and she is definitely a beautiful apple that grew on that tree. Emma helps direct the K2 Girls Camp, along with Trish and Ashley and my wife. They've, they've got an incredible team over there. She grew up uh, doing musical theater, which is pretty awesome. She is great in front of people. She also leads worship really well. Heard her sing the other night. My, oh, my, it was angelic. She's uh, newlywed to one of our favorite young leaders, Jesse himself. We all love that man a lot. They've just been married for a few months now. And Shay, most interestingly, her first car was a 2000 light blue slug bug. Is that right? Her dream car. It was yes, my it was. dream car from a, a wee young age. Wow, I can see you in a slug bug. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in her immediate family won a state championship in high school. Hello. Wow. Skilled. That's Gifted people. It's amazing. And then Connor Wilkins on the K-1 director team with Matt Houston and Reed Towns. What a dynamic trio oh, of directors K-1 Boys has also. He is a snowboarder, and in four months, he is going to be watching a beautiful girl walk down the aisle and take his hand in marriage. As a child, he wanted to be an astronaut, Shay. He also is a marvelous worship leader. He's big, he's strong, he's handsome. But man, the, the notes that come out of this man's voice when he plays his guitar and sings worship is just angelic as well. So uh, welcome, Emma and Connor, to the broadcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Glad we to be here. We are so thankful to be here and excited. Big fans of y'all. Happy to join. Absolutely. All right, friends. So this is... This has been a long time coming. I've been so excited to have you guys in here. 
you know, I, as I've studied the life of Jesus, you know, you read through the scriptures and the list of his character qualities, it's seemingly endless, but I can't help but personally place humility in the top five. Maybe it's like number one or number two. I, I don't know how you would ever rank them, but it just stands out to me. So here's a big theological question to start with. How can God embody humility? Emma, talk to me. Yeah, I think one of my favorite ways when I look back on scripture of how God embodies humility is one, when he sent his son, I just think back to how he sent him and he sent him on earth as a dependent child to a carpenter father and a mother who was accused of infidelity. And he could have come into this earth as a hero, as literally a superhero on a chariot. And everyone knew everyone was bowing down, but he chose to come in as a baby, a dependent baby. And that was the start of Jesus's life on earth was Mm. humility. I mean, he set aside every power that he could have had to be fully man, to experience what we experience. And that's how we know that we can strive for that. Definitely a character quality I put up as number one or two um, in Christ. And gosh, it's it's something that we seek for. But man, is it one of the hardest characters to embody, but one of the coolest to look at in our in our Father and, and in, in Jesus. And so, gosh, yeah, it just brings tears to my eyes to think about. Yeah, I think as, as I was looking... In preparing for this and just trying to really focus in on, okay, humility, like where are specific places that we see it? Like it ultimately led me to the same place um, and the same posture that God shows and displays through Christ. But I mean, obviously the Philippians too is hopefully if you've been around camp, you've heard that passage mentioned. And I think it's a phenomenal place because what you see is that the most powerful being that has ever existed in all of the universe, who has created the heavens and the stars, um, who can make whatever he wants to happen at the snap of his fingers decides to empty himself and shows unbelievable restraint and lowers himself. And so it's not that he was weak or, you know, less than, but what he, he knew exactly who he was, but he willingly chose to submit himself low, whether it was when he came as an infant or as a servant to his disciples, that unbelievable power underneath unbelievable restraint and displayed so beautifully in his ministry and his life. And, and ultimately throughout all of scripture, the way that, that God loves his people endlessly. And, and I love what you said, Connor, of, of his, his disciples as well. If he book in, Jesus bookended his life in humility. He came in humbly and he left washing his disciples' feet and, and sitting in the garden alone, knowing what was coming in his crucifixion and humbling himself to his father, our father in that when he could have used all of his strength and his might. And he started and ended his life on earth humbly. And that's something that we get to look at as believers. And man, is it humbling to look at the humility of Jesus's life. Yeah. Joe, what are one of the examples that stands out to you of Christ's humility? You you never stop marveling, Shay. In the book of John, in the 13th chapter, when Jesus realizes, like it, he just becomes overcome with his calling. And it says he knows he came forth from God, was going back to God, and like a, like just a, f- a flood of realization comes to his mind that God had delivered all things into his hands. He was CEO of the cosmos. And at that time, when that realization became full in his mind, he looked around the table at the guys and he guarded himself as a slave. And he found a pitcher and a bowl, quickly filled it with water and dropped down to his knees as a slave and started washing the filth 
off their feet. We talk about leadership, Shay, and not just leading a ministry or leading a company, but leading a child, leading a wife, leading a family. A husband who, who, who feels called to be a leader, it means he's first to forgive. He's first to find a towel and wash his wife's feet on a daily, practical basis. By daily, tell her how awesome she is, men. By daily, doing something really special for her. By daily, the first to wash the dishes, the first to grab the vacuum, the first to empty the trash. When a, when a leader chooses to lead like Jesus, that leader is admired and loved by everyone. Emma, if you're going to contrast following a proud leader versus following a humble leader, how would you list them out? Like, what, what does it feel like, look like? What's your experience like to be under a proud leader versus a humble leader? Yeah, I think just to even simplify this, it, it makes you laugh, but humble leader, easy. Proud leader, not. Yeah. Humble leader, fun. Proud leader, not as fun. Humble leader, seamless to be under them. Proud leader, it's a little bit more stressful. And so I think even in the most simple terms, like, gosh, it's it can be so on the opposite ends of the spectrum. And, and Shay, back to what you taught us last year that I think about daily of, of we get to wake up as a leader and we get to either choose humility or we get humbled. I think about that all mm. the time, Shay. And you taught us that. You taught the leaders under you that. And, and so as a, a humble leader, I'd, I'd pray that they would choose humility and that proud leader, they, they get humbled because that's our ultimate goal that, that God, is, as us being his, his followers, he helps us reach that goal, but we get to choose it or it happens to us. One's way mm. easier than the other. And so that's right back at you of thanking you for teaching us that. But I would say that proud and humble leader is, gosh, it can be so simple of just easy and not easy. Connor, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think when I, when I was going through, I like I've made a list of prideful leader and, you know, thinking back to past experiences or just like how I'd feel and like fear of failure, like it being performance based, like like feeling anxious, um, like disunified and like bitterness between a team. And it just seems like this tension between the leader and his people. And it it's just never smooth. And then what was and then I went to. Okay, what is it like to be, and just by God's grace and the amazing way that he's anointed this place, I've gotten the gift of being underneath some amazing, humble leaders. And when I was going through there, it was just even just personally experiencing your leadership of just like freedom to fail, like unity, like not operating out of anxiety or fear of messing up in this leader that's proud and expects a lot to pounce on me, but instead like a desire to please and and joy and peace and like inspired, like feeling inspired to, to grow and given room to do so. And, and it was so crazy because then like, as I was thinking about these, I just thought about the relationship between a father and a son. And then like God as a father is like, that's how he loved his people so well, was giving them the freedom to fail and just hoping that his people, because of how humbly he loved them and led them, that they would have a desire to please him and that they would follow him in that way. Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Joe, I want you to speak to the leader who is serving underneath a manager, director, boss who is prideful. How do you advise them to do to lead well underneath that? Romans chapter 12 has a great solution. 
and it uses kind of a funny metaphor. So in this great chapter that Paul wrote, he says, Do not take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I'll repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy, talking to the people, you're talking about Shea, you're working under difficult, prideful leaders. If your enemy or your difficult boss, however you want to say it, is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you'll heap burning coals on his head. Do not over, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Humility can actually be taught, not by words, but by showing whoever it is. If you're a child and your dad's prideful, show him what humility looks like. We see camp kids doing this all the time. If you're in a class in college, your teacher's prideful, serve him. If you're out there working as a young employee wanting to climb the ladder, serve your boss. Show him what it's like to be humble. And it actually is something, Shay, that can't be taught, but it can be caught with a great role model of humility. Hey, listeners, Shay Robbins here. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd like to personally ask you to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. With your help, we can continue to reach more listeners. We're excited to hear from you. Please send questions to our team for a special audience Q&A recording in the future. Additionally, we're also interested to hear your suggestions for guests and topics. Send your questions and suggestions to podcast at canacuck.com. And now, back to the show. You guys, for four years of my life, I dedicated myself to long-distance triathlon training which entailed a tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of pain, a tremendous amount of expense. And looking back on it, I don't know that I even really enjoy triathlons. <laughs> like there's other stuff I'd rather do. But those four years of my life was dedicated to that because initially, because I wanted to hang around Chris Cooper. And Chris Cooper rode road bikes and there was a gang of road bikers around these parts for as long as he lived in the Ozarks because the humility that emanated from that man was like a tractor beam. Like it just sucked you in and you just wanted to be around him. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. One of the, I don't know, the nuances of, of riding bikes is that you draft off of each other. You, if you get right behind a person riding in front of you, you say it's 30% more efficient. And so you save energy by following someone very closely. And Chris just had that influence on people, whether you're riding a bike or you're just out, you know, laying mulch or working or he just, he just brought people in his wake and, and it, it was his humility. And so I want to ask you guys a question, having been around or followed humble leaders, what's it like to work for a humble leader? Where's your motivation at? How do you feel? What's your performance like? What's your production like? Talk, speak to that for a little bit. Yeah, I think that I've had the blessing of getting to serve specifically under Trish Barnes for seven years, who's our Canacuck Executive Women's Director, and she is an incredibly humble leader. And man, is it fun. And I think one of the coolest things that I've got to be a part of is being empowered. 
she has seen areas in my life that she believes in and she's allowed me to run in that. Therefore, it's made me more confident in my abilities. It's made me more excited to dig into the areas that the Lord has gifted me. It's made me feel comfortable to ask for constructive criticism and knowing that um, I'm going to be receiving that from a humble leader, that ultimately her goal is for me to be able to run after the cross better. Um, and, and not because of my works, but because of my heart posture. And so it's been joyous. It's been fun. There's a reason why our team has been around so long, because good things come when you're serving with one ultimate goal, which is glorifying the Lord and, and getting to do things um, that are unseen. I think that's one thing, too, that I've seen of what it, what it means to serve under a humble leader is the excitement that comes from getting to do things that no one's going to see. Jen Ford, who is a mentor in my life, she has ingrained in me to never go into a public restroom without picking up the trash on the floor. In return, I think she got that from Darnell, um, Darnell White, who instilled in her, hey, whatever public restroom you go into, there's going to be paper towels on the floor. Pick those up and find joy in that. Of Don't tell me you did it. Just go do it. And, and that's between you and the Lord. And that ultimately creates a closer connection with God because we know he's the only master we're serving. And so when we get to do something for him that no one knows that it was us, like it's that excitement of like, oh, I get to do this with the Lord and and not for man. And so being under a humble leader um, in, in a weird way has made me learn not to want to impress them because they're not seeking affirmation from those under them. It's made me want to work um, and, and serve the Lord. Well, to be honest, I mean, it's kind of hard to follow you because I feel as though when I have in my mind what I'm going to say, <laughs> you say everything, uh, which is it's just amazing. I think when I, where I run with this is, I mean, been at K1 for six or seven summers, I think at this point, and have gotten the blessing to just get to follow underneath Matt Houston. And knowing Matt Houston, he's going to hate that I brought his name up. And he always probably hates that people talk about him in this way. But I think it's unavoidable with just the way that he leads. Um, and I think it's something that he's picked up from leaders past that if he were to sit in this position, he'd probably list off a name of guys as well. But it's it truly is a joy to serve underneath him. And I think it's kind of flipped leadership upside down for me um, in thinking about, OK, you're in charge, you're running a camp you're at the top, you're in the spotlight. But what I see Matt Houston do every single day, whether it's this past summer, the one before, everything that I've seen thus far, is he is the first one, the very first one to do the hardest job that no one else wants to do. And so he's just taking this idea of like leadership of like, okay, now you work your way up to the top and now you get to ease off and relax to where he is the first one to pick up trash. He is the first one to grab a mop bucket when someone pukes in the dining hall. Um, and the reality is, is that is, so much more freeing because it just simplifies leadership and it simplifies it to your job as a leader is just to serve is to put fire or to put wood in the fuel um, of other people's fires and just to lift up other people. And so for me to get to experience that, I feel valued. I feel cherished. I feel this, just this, this, the desire to serve him and to serve the mission that he stands behind, which is our mission to evangelize and equip next generation leaders. It's just like filled me up to then want to reproduce it. Um, to the, the, those underneath me and how can I display, not for my namesake, but to show that truly this, this upside down kingdom idea is really the way to go. Matt Houston is the first to serve and the last to eat. Amen. Every party. Every, every single party. <laughs> Joe, coach us up. How do you grow in humility? In Colossians chapter three, I believe is the skeleton key for growing in humility when Paul says, if then, 
young leaders. I'm talking to mommies. I'm talking to daddies. I'm talking to businessmen and women and people in the ministry and and teenagers who are leading in your high schools and collegiate students who are leading in your uh, college fraternities and on your teams. It says, if then you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. And Emma and Connor have been nailing this down for us. But when you look at Jesus... Whatever you're doing, young leaders, when you look at Jesus, it makes you drop to your knees. When you look at him around the throne and our eternity with him, it makes you drop to your knees. When you look at him the way Peter did when he stepped out of the boat, it makes you drop to your knees. And as C.S. Lewis said, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself Less. And so, Shay, the only answer I know, if Christ is our focus, then it's naturally going to bring humility out in a leader. I'll also add, as I've studied humility, one of the interesting things that jumps out to me is humility is a choice. Clothe yourselves in humility. You know, that's a choice. When you get up each morning, you put your socks on, you're responsible for that. And Peter charges first in First uh, Peter 5, you know, for us to clothe ourselves in humility. James says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift you up in due time. It's a choice. And, and what I, I believe is that when you make the choice to humble yourself thousands, maybe ten thousands of times, that choice will eventually then sink down and become a part of your character um, but it's thousands of choices of humility. And, you know, and if I can add to that, please do. I think one of the things is like uh, this past spring, I got to teach on humility at Chief and Princess Weekend. And as I was diving in, I like I wanted to create like a life hack of like these five things to like be humbler. And that's just like not how humility works. Like you can't humble yourself by your own bootstraps. Humility, like you said, Shay, is responsive. Like it is, it is not something that I can just do. I can't like just... Oh, I'm just going to decide to be more humble today. Like, oh, like the same way that you would, like, I'm going to serve more today. It's so much responsive, like humility and like self-humbling is like, in essence, like gladly receiving God in his personhood through Jesus, like his words and his acts, like when it's not easy or comfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the things that I've seen. It's just like, when you study humility, it's like so hard to achieve because so much of it is reactive to what God has done. And I love what you said, coach, with humility um, in John 13 is that Jesus knew what he'd been given. He knew where he was from and he knew where he was going. But for us as believers, we also know those same things that the same spirit that raised him from the dead is within us. Um, and he is sitting at the right hand and so are we. And that we know where we're from. We're made in the image of God, the exact same image of God um, from Genesis. And then we also get to see, we know where we're going and we know where we're going to spend eternity. And those three things then give us the freedom and understanding that and doing that through reading scripture, seeing how Jesus lived and act, and we get to respond by understanding those things that allows us to then strive to be humbler and put ourselves beneath others. Emma, talk to me about the process of identifying areas of pride in your life. What does that look like in order to repent and then grow in humility? Yeah, I would say, I mean, first and foremost, 
God, search my search my soul, search my heart. What in me do you need to reveal, Lord, that is proud? Um, and then another thing is surrounding yourself with community that you can trust and invite to give you constructive criticism and to speak into your life and to humbly receive that. I think that's one area of being proud. It's hard to receive when someone sees the flesh and is calling out your flesh. And so being in a posture of, man, I understand I haven't arrived. And so where where did I go wrong here? Where where did I not make you feel love? Where did I where did I not lead well? And allowing people in your life to speak into that. And then like all of y'all have said, I'm just trying to soak in all this as we get to sit together and man, just grow from from everything y'all are saying. But a huge area just to practice, I guess, whether you can or can't, humility is that that mindset and that perspective and posture of, I know we've all heard this, but when we walk into our classrooms at school or our offices at work or a, par- a 16th birthday party, a, a retirement party, whatever it may be that you're walking into, is your mindset, here I am. I have walked in the building. What can you give me? Are you going to ask me how I'm doing? I want to tell you about my recent achievement, or is it there you are? And I'm constantly changing my perspective to shift that to being outward facing. Um, and it's less about me. Therefore, I can strive in this humility when I just see others first instead of myself. And so just trying to live that. And I think you just said it and perfectly, Shay, of like, it's a choice every morning. And every morning we have to choose that. And we can look at that as a burden or a blessing of man. What a humbling experience that every day I have to re-choose this because it's not ever going to be the easiest option in life. Yeah. I think if I was going to tie together what Connor and I said, I think to unify is that humility, when you muscle it, it's fake, right? It's disingenuous. And typically you can see through that. But when you make the choice of humility, you have to make it out of the the context of your relationship to God, right? This massive wave of amazing grace that that rinsed you clean, set you free, put you on your feet, gave you purpose. And in view of all of that, in view of the overwhelming love that God has given you, I'm going to make this choice mm-hmm. to not glorify myself today or in this moment. And maybe I, multiple times a day. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it will be multiple times a day. Can I share a quote? Please do. So it, it really what you just said, this is Piper he says, the essence of humility, we might say, is to feel, think, say, and act in a way that shows that I am not God. And I think this like that idea of everything that I do is in response of who he is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. So I can't muster on humility, but I can recognize that and then from that choose to walk yeah. in humility. Joe, you're phenomenal at this. So I'm kind of setting you up to hit a home run. What is a humble leader desire for those that follow him or her? You know, Emma is a newlywed, and Connor is an almost wed. And to all those who, like Shay, are wed for a while and already have children in the home, and for all those that call yourselves parents, no matter how many children you have, Shay, one of the greatest privileges of being a parent is you teach your kids how to live— You teach your kids how to love by the way you love their mama or love their daddy. You teach your kids how to serve by practically being a towel and bowl and water 
person, washing feet in practical ways. But Shay, probably the crowning jewel of all is you teach your children how to die. And not wait till you're 75 or 80 or 90 and practically about to die. But as a daddy or mom dies to yourself daily, you give your children the greatest gift of all. You show them how to die to yourself, to take up your cross, and to follow Jesus. The best definition of humility I know, as he said, you can't be my disciple unless you're willing to take up your cross daily, which means you're suffering and you're dying to yourself, and then follow me. Joe, thank you for that encouragement. And I want to thank Connor and Emma. You guys are wise beyond your years, and we're blessed to have you in studio today. And we want to thank our listening audience for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership and spiritual growth. And with that, I'd love to pray for you. Father, we lift up the leaders out there, and we just pray, God, that you would give us an appetite for godly humility. I pray, Lord, that we would just be refreshed in the weight of your love and your kindness and your grace and your mercy toward us. And that out of a heart of gratitude, we would gladly humble ourselves and elevate others. I want to pray that you'd raise up a generation of leaders that lead with great humility. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.